The following podcast contains material which may not be suitable for all listeners. Full content warnings are available in the show notes. Previously on Meddling with Monsters. Ah, family drama. I can relate. Mine was more along the lines of getting out of occult stuff with family. Long story. Yeah, I've got a dog here. His name is Slurpy. So, you know, meet me over in a couple hours. Um, There's clams to look at. Uh Uh-huh. Clam science. But Tempest, you look and you do a double take because the person you see in the car is none other than your exceedingly humble host and servant, Archibald, which initially strikes you as strange. And then as you look down at him driving in the car, you notice something far stranger, which is that his hands are tightly gripping the steering wheel and they are both covered in blood. The backwoods of Sninfidge are an idyllic image of serenity and quiet. Lush, green, dense, and isolated from the rest of the world and its worries. The perfect place to just get away from it all. Be alone with your thoughts, reflect on life, and maybe even hide a body while you're at it. The ease with which someone could hide their sins in a place like this hurdles through your mind, Tempest, as you see your exceedingly humble host and servant, Archibald, driving past you, his hands clenching the steering wheel of his car as a deep, thick crimson runs down them, and his face locks in an expressionless stare that shifts to surprise and bewilderment as he looks and recognizes you in turn. An achingly tense moment follows as the two of you lock eyes as your vehicles pass. Neither of you quite certain how to react. What do you do? Um, I think what Tempest does is they are staring dead ahead at Archibald and they reach to their side and sort of like whack Amazon. I'm like, hey, um, are you seeing what I'm seeing here? She turns her face over and catches a glimpse. She's like, oh, God, what? Whoa. Uh, what was that? I only caught a glimpse. I'm sorry, I was focused on the road. What the fuck was that? Um, so that's the guy from the hotel, and it looked like he was covered in fucking blood. Um, I'm assuming you didn't know anything about that? Oh, shit. Wait, wait, wait. The dude from the, what's it called? What's it called? It's like, it's the nautical-themed one, right? Uh, the anchor. Right. Oh, shit, I didn't think those rumors were true, but I guess they are. Well, God, well, I'm glad I didn't stay there. Uh, s- start from the top with what the rumors are and why that meant it- you not stay there. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you just got into town. I One of the things I try to do is, like, get wind of the local gossip. Apparently, he, like, murdered his business partner or something. That's what everyone says. They blink. And they go, um... 
So would that be why he's driving around in the woods covered in blood and also knows that I saw him and all my stuff is there? I mean, I guess he might have killed someone else. I don't know. I try to keep, like I said, I sort of try to keep my ears to the ground, but mostly just sort of keep myself not involved in stuff. I mean, he's probably not going to kill you. That'd probably be bad for business. That doesn't fill me with any kind of confidence. I'm going to be real with you. Okay. Uh, I... Sorry. (laughs) They put their head in their hands and go, Why are you so calm about murder? Um... Is it not normal? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what Ashton's thinking. She pauses to think and she's like, I... You know, I I, I said earlier uh, about your... uh, your big dude friend or whatever, um, big guy with the scars. Like, you know, he was making a big deal about being all threatening, but I know he's not going to kill me because I've done this long enough. Like I said, I know when I look into the eyes of something or someone, I know if they're going to kill me or not. And I, like, I'm scared when I need to be, but yeah, people got secrets and shit happens and I've seen enough of it. It's not that novel at this point. That's, Not normal. Normally, people don't run into murderers all the time. Um, normal for who exactly, dude? People in the world. You hear a groan come from the back of the the back seat. (laughs) Cassandra's like, so it's like, uh, what are you freaking out over now? This shit's normal for monster hunters. Also, we're not dealing with shit that people consider normal. Now calm down and let me finish the snap before we meet up. And then lays back down. (laughs) I assume, Cassandra, you kind of go back to sleep, right? Or sort of fade out? Yeah. They are appalled, but they, they do, like, sink back down into their seat. As Cassandra slumps down... M kind of waits a beat for them to clearly be asleep or whatever. You know, uh, you know they're actually being like really nice to you, right? How how do you mean? All right, I mean, you know, let's just do a quick recap here. Apparently, you meet them this morning. Um, you eavesdrop it on their conversation. You insist that you want to join. Uh, you then proceed to follow them around, correcting most of their ideas and theories and explaining to them why they're wrong. Uh, I, I mean, you look like, you know, here's the thing. Like, she's being like, you know, a lot nicer to you than I would be. I don't take like, you know, I get it. You've been sort of thrown into like all of this. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I mean, you, you've kind of been an asshole, dude. <laughs> huh. Yeah, like, like I mean, do, do you want to be involved in this or not? Because... And the reality is, no offense, if you keep up this mentality, you're going to be a liability and you're probably going to get yourself or someone else killed. I just want to prove that I'm not insane so that I can get my job back. (laughs) And whatever the hell's up. Oh, my friend, you are in the wrong business if that's what you're after here. I I don't even know what you guys do. I don't. You they they call themselves a monster hunter. Is that what you do? I guess that's the colloquial term for it okay oh oh sorry we're almost here i can see the over two ashton and tane you two are maybe walking a little bit ways down the road past ashton's shack and you see m's car pulling up down the road and they hop out like oh hey 
Hey, friends. They catch the butt end of a conversation with Ashton going, and that is the entire history of soup. (laughs) I do not understand why you know so much about soup. I mean... I am intrigued. I know, right? It's a really interesting story. I was... I will continue that part of the conversation later. They are here. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, friends. How did, uh, uh, we got the map. Nice. Can I Can I see it? Uh, I think it's in um, Cass's bag, which, and she sort of looks over to you, Dane, like, apparently is bottomless or some shit. I don't know how to get it out. Say again. I don't know the bag. It seems to not have a bottom. I dropped it in there and it just... Oh. You've never... <laughs> yes. Hold on. And so, um, I suppose, because the bag is with Cassandra, yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Dane will go to uh, Cassandra, um, kind of like look into the car, because I imagine Cassandra's still in the back, yes? Yeah. Like, passed it out. <laughs> Cassandra, are you a, have you sort of stirred at this point? Are you still asleep? Yeah, Cassandra's still knocked out. Okay. Okay, okay. Dane will very, very delicately kind of like retrieve the bag from uh cassandra and kind of doing the uh the protective thing just kind of like look over them see make sure they don't they're not hurt and all of that and kind of after a quick cursory glance they're gonna i I don't remember did they nitpick or anything at the yeah they did they did yeah yeah dane will frown at noticing uh some of the uh small injuries will make no mention of it but take the bag and reach inside and they'll go like all the way to the elbow at first kind of looking and then like mm, no and then down halfway up almost to the shoulder mm, no they go further all the way like shoulder in uh there they pull up a pack of bandages they set those aside and then they go back inside mm, this thing no definitely not that mm. Oh, I was wondering where I left that. <laughs> I think this is it. Pulls out a small book. Oh, I need that for later. <laughs> and, and you see it's like a small, like, romance. Those are my special sketches <laughs> for when I have my alone time. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like a small, like, young adult romance novel. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Fucking, that's adorable. <laughs> and Dane goes back down and then pulls out the aforementioned item. Okay. How much is in that? I have never explored it. I fear that I may be lost to time and space if I do. <laughs> and then Dane just hears a mumble from Cassandra when they hear Tempest's like, a lot. That's it. That's all you need to know. Are we here? Wait. No, Dane, that's you. That's mm. you. Okay, we're here. I really don't want to get up. Then don't. Here. Dane will take the bandages and hand them over to Cassandra. Rest, little one. Okay. <laughs> so, Dane will exit the vehicle and go back out with the map, and they will give it to M. Oh, yes, gimme, 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 gimme. And sort of, like, grabs it uh, with her hands. And it immediately kind of starts looking over it. 
Ashton will look over her shoulder. Okay. You see a map of the local area, essentially. Rather than being drawn in ink, it is in blood, except the blood's like, it's not dry, like caked blood. It It is almost like- And it's actually still kind of like moving as if the map itself is like slightly dynamic. Uh, Greeny, what the fuck is this map? (laughs) What did you say, Greeny? Yeah. Is that what you call her? He's not going to call her mm all the time. (laughs) (laughs) She looks at you with like a little bit of annoyance is probably too strong a word. More just almost like amusement with the fact that you would call her that. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, it's way longer than her. Yeah. (laughs) Judge me all you want. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's longer, but she's like, like, yeah, okay. Um, It's uh, it's it's a blood map. You know, you've seen one of those before, right? Yeah, just didn't know that you could do that. Uh, like I personally, I mean, I have blood. Yeah. Um. Well, no. It... Listen. Did I'm you not... think I didn't have blood? Fucking. <laughs> 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 you would be a very interesting person if you didn't. Not the most surprising thing I've heard today. No, I. Well, you know, I personally, I'm not a person to uh, do much. Uh, you know magic and shit like that but you know it's always nice to see people who can uh oh huh i could teach well you. i just thought we you stole can... the actual map i this is the actual map right but this one's blood is that a problem are you squeamish no i fight monsters for a living what <laughs> i'm just i'm sorry dude i'm trying to figure out what the issue is here you know, let's just forget about it. All right, what are we looking for? <laughs> <laughs> she starts to kind of pour over and she's like, well, I I think I completed the first step, which was, you know, the, the blood part. But there's probably, if my preliminary research is right, there's a couple other steps we need. Do you have like, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, you got like supplies or some shit back at your place? I have plenty of things. All right, let's go. Yeah, funny thing about that, uh, you know, we just kind of walked all the way here. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, we had a bit of a problem. Uh, some things Oh, yeah, out. the explosions, which no doubt have drawn yeah, all uh, manner of attention over here. Suddenly, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I haven't heard or had any information about hellhounds being in the area. But, uh, you know, here we are. Hellhounds, like the ones from the Bible, or maybe supernatural? No, oh, the Bible's just for fun. No, uh, these are real hellhounds. These are big, burly shadow things. Uh, Dana ate one. It was really impressive. I blew one. It would have been two. Jesus, <laughs> I blew one up with my uh, with my trusty with my trusty grenade launcher. Yes. You have one of those. I have a lot of those. Okay. And a hammer. <laughs> Dane will show off the hammer. <laughs> it's a very nice hammer. Oh, dope. That looks fucking rad, dude. Mm, yes. Tepus gives a thumbs up in direction of hammer. <laughs> they are still processing. Their arsenal is impressive. Cool. Um, 
I need to feed the dog anyway, so, I mean, we might as well head back. As you are starting to walk back, Tempest, you get a text from Andy. Uh, oh, hey there. Um, I'll, uh, I hope you got all your stuff replaced. I'll see you in about 30 minutes. And you know that it's probably about 30 minutes to get back over there, especially at any remotely comfortable pace. And that's by driving. That's not walking, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, they, oh, shit. How are they going to get there? Jesus. Uh, that's... No, Jesus won't save you here. Just, I mean, <laughs> Jesus God, will never save please. you. Please. Tempest will, like, check the phone go, Get. Oh, fuck. Um, I don't suppose there's any other form of transport out of these woods. Is there? I mean... Unless you're talking about your legs. Besides legs, Yes. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get you don't know the whole... There's, there's not like a teleportation spell. At least but, not one that I know. I was thinking like a bus. It's the backwoods. Apparently, uh, I know. It Twin was Peaks what? over there hit a body back or something. So like, no, there's no. not easy transport. There's not a bus line that runs it, through. It was worth a shot. Ah, shit. Do you need a ride or something? Kind of. <sighs> All right, um... She looks over at the two of you, Ashton and Dane. Uh, everyone, I, I can do it. I was hoping to look over this, but I can do it real quick. Uh, can you... She hands the map back to you, Dane. Do you mind a, keeping safe on this? If Cassandra wakes up, she'll probably have some clue what to do with it. Just don't break it or anything. I will not Oh, and don't this. touch the blood. Yeah, don't do that, Ivor. That's probably an ideal. I will. I will not touch the blood. Thanks, I really appreciate it. Um, also, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to disrupt or anything, but you should probably get, uh, Cassandra out of my car. <laughs> Dane will walk over to the back seat and kind of pop their head in. Cassandra. <laughs> you can continue napping if you are comfortable with me carrying you. Yeah, sure, whatever, just let me, and then just, like, reaches over to grab a box of bandages. It could, you should take care of these when I wake up. Mm. Dane will kind of, like, <laughs> almost, like, picking up, like, a fragile porcelain doll, like, kind of take um, Cassandra out from the back seat, and then, like, hold them in their arms. And kind of sling the bag over their shoulder and everything and stuff the, the map back into the bag. And then back out from the car and turn to the rest of the party. I have acquired a Cassandra. <laughs> you sure have. <laughs> Em is definitely okay. chuckling. Uh, all right. Yeah. Congrats, dude. Before before Tempest got in the car, is like, um, I'll be back as soon as I can. I'm re- sorry. Right. It's it's fine. I mean, just clam science, right? It takes up time. Uh, yep. No uh-huh. one can predict it. Will you be yeah. safe? I mean, it's clams. I'm pretty sure I'll be all right. Dane will turn to Ashton. I can, like, text you. 
Mm, but we are not that fast. Do we have business elsewhere? Ah. Well, uh, looks like this one right here points to Cassandra, who is in Dane's arms. Uh, looks like shit. Don't know what happened there. Uh, and it seems like we still need a few, uh, few of you to get some, get some, get some gear, probably. It's so, uh, really no trouble. I, the hellhounds have made me uncomfortable. I only I don't, ask for the group's safety. I appreciate it, but I don't think any hellhounds would be very interested in me. I second that. Thanks. <laughs> Listen, uh, how long do you think this clam science is going to take? Hey, Dana, how long do you think <laughs> clam science is going to take? Thank well, God. I think Andy, quote unquote, wanted to show you the sites, not S-I-G-H-T-S, but S-I-T-E-S. You know, I guess this is something for us to kind of hash out. How far apart, if you're doing clam science, do you think like sites would be along the shore? Hmm. And how many do you think someone of like Andy, you know, depends. Andy mostly doing the research by himself with I, some assistance every once in a while. If you don't even have a grad student besides Tempest, but he didn't start with a grad student and was doing it solo, it would probably be on one or two beaches and the sites at different points along the beach because in this watershed, if he's not looking at a more massive portion, you would be looking at around the area of the water uh, where we are rather than going to different locations. We're not going to work in the harbor because of the pollution. So I would say maybe a beach on either side of the harbor. Okay. So one that's kind of on the east end near the historical society center S, that sort of beach, and then one actually closer to the hotel. Yes, that's correct. That, that's what okay. I would do if I was mapping something that way. Okay. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. I think, you know, you know, that'll probably take two or three hours almost for him to kind of go. It'll be a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we like it'll be a couple hours. I can make my own way back. Do not go in the water without me. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, we could uh, send Greeny to pick you up, or uh... it's okay. I can drive. Okay. All right. Do you remember the directions here? <laughs> I think I've got a decent grass. If not. This one can fire a shot from their grenade launcher and just follow um, the noise. That would yeah. also work, yes. I actually prefer I that, that way. I hate that I'm siding with stick in the mud here to try to be more reasonable, but that's probably not the best idea. We don't want to draw that much attention to ourselves. Ideally. Boo. We have Cassandra, Ashton, and Dane all heading back to the shed. And we have Tempest and M in the car. And actually, we'll start with that scene for a little bit, just because I like this dynamic a lot and it's very yeah. fun. <laughs> you two are driving back. And are you initiating a conversation, I guess? Because M definitely will. But I think Tempest would just, would just be like, thanks, I know you wanted to be involved in that. I appreciate the help. That's fine. I get it. Okay, so question though. Um, this is how you can pay me. Uh, All right. You, you said you said uh, you said you just want to not 
be insane or some shit like that, right? Which is silly still, but I get it. Yeah. Something like that. Um, first off, sane people are boring. Second off, um, what did you see? Get that off its t-shirt. Um, <sighs> yeah, actually, I got one in the back. Of course you do, okay. Merch um, ideas. <laughs> <laughs> something I couldn't explain, something I didn't have any documentation of. Okay, yeah, 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 I get all and that. But that's what it. was it? I... It was big. It was weird. But the camera... Have you ever worked... No, I wouldn't. Do you know deep-sea ROVs? You know what kind of footage you're working with? Oh, you mean like those footage where you see like the like deep underwater stuff where it's like the big fish and they got like the squids with the long crazy arms things and it's all grainy and weird? Yes, exactly. The grainy and weird is the point I meant. Okay. So, making out details was difficult, but it didn't look like a fish. It didn't look like a whale. It didn't look like an invertebrate, which rules out everything it could have been. Interesting. Aw. That's that's such a... Like, everyone, you know, everyone's first time is special. I remember mine. His name was... Jimmy Garbanzo, <laughs> and he was a Bigfoot. Dude. That's a joke, dude. Have any Monster Hunter where if their shit knows Bigfoot's not real? No, I was just going to ask you if Bigfoot's had names. I mean, they would if they were real, but they're not real, so don't worry. Jimmy was a Mothman, actually. Um, totally different thing. I'll put Bigfoot's on the list of definitely not real things that... Alongside, you know, ghosts and hellhounds, which is also normally on my list. But, you know, things are changing, apparently. Rather there you quickly. go. Roll with the punches. Now, one thing I am going to establish, it's just... So, I I am saying this because I think Tempest would remember it because it's been hours for Tempest, but it's been weeks for Daisy. Mm-hmm. You did tell Andy something about getting your meter replaced, which you know your backup, right, was technically back at the hotel. Is that all? Tra- yes, I don't think if they had time to stop by and pick it up, they would do that. But I don't think that they do. Unless, wait, is Andy picking them up at the hotel? No, I think Andy gave you an address to go meet them at. Great. So then, no, they do not have the other one. They will just have to lie, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. As the two of you pull into town, you notice as there's more people around, M's behavior shifts a little bit. They don't go full-blown super paranoid, but they definitely are alert, keeping eyes on folks, kind of checking the rearview mirror to see, like, who's behind you, that sort of thing. Interesting. Tempest won't comment, but they will observe. Okay, do you want to, like, maybe do an investigative mystery role here to see? If you sure, see why not? Why thing? not? Yeah, I like that. It'll be fun. Tempest is nosy, bitch. Okay. Tempest is extremely nosy. So nosy. That's an 11. That is quite good. You get to ask two questions from the list. Okay, so I think what they're going to ask is, I think what happened and what is being concealed here. When you ask that, give me like some context. You're asking like what happened to M to make them this way? Yes, exactly. Okay, let's start with what happened then. There's a couple times you pass by those work fans from that same company with the green leaf logo Mm -hmm. on the side. And at one point one of the vans actually pulls behind you guys and M gets particularly tense at that moment. And then the van sort of pulls off, you know, goes down another road and she sort of lets her shoulders down a bit. 
And you remember, you know, she got tense the last time you guys were around those folks. So something happened with those people particularly. And you remember also if your encounter, you know, with one of the workers, something yes. weird was up with all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you communicated that to M, so they wouldn't know to be suspicious for just that reason. Yes. So that's part of it. What is being concealed? They have mentioned before that quote unquote illegal things are so much fun. Ah. Uh. So they have probably done something that would make people in this group mad for whatever reason that they would like to not get caught for. A lot of their behavior is very sarcastic and not really saying what they mean. But, you know, when they've talked about like, oh, illegal things are so much fun, that stuff, they're they're sort of joking, but they've probably done some things which have made some people mad. (laughs) (laughs) Then their behavior clearly implies that this uh, green corporation or whatever is, is one of those groups. God, now I have to decide what Tempest would do about it. Yeah, do you say anything or... Because your MO has been to observe and then not comment. Observe and not comment, but they are nosy as hell. Yeah. And this might be relevant. So I think they'd be like, hey, are you all right? You seem a little... I... Yeah, no, it's good. I just... uh being careful, making sure that nobody's, uh, you know, going after us or anything. You, you make some, you know, I, I, I said earlier, like, you know, you know, uh, when you look at someone, what their intentions are, and I just like to keep, keep the old peepers moving. And you think our friends with the shockingly bad taste in fashion are a problem? What are, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> Um, you know, oh, the, what's, what's the name? The corporation, whatever. Oh, those guys? Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of fucking corporate shitheads. Always come into places like these, fuck them up. Real, uh, you know, real problem. Hmm. What are you looking at? What are you looking at me for, dude? (laughs) All right. Okay. They're, they're, they're very obviously like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. I, we're we're going to work with this. this. This is the story you want to give. This is your car. Like, yeah, you know, just uh, keep your eyes open. Um, you'll learn to do it eventually. Either that or you'll die. One of those two things will happen. Sounds exciting. You eventually pull up to the address that you have given them, which you assume is Andy's residence. Mm-hmm. And they drop off. and like, all right, uh, have fun with clam science. Thanks. Try not to die. I'll try. Awesome. Pick you up at eight, hon. Thanks for the ride. No problem, dude. And they peel away. And then we cut back to Cassandra, actually. Cassandra, you fall asleep in Dane's arms as he is carrying you back. And then you wake up. And you don't wake up in Dane's arms. You wake up in a bedroom. It is your bedroom in your house. And as you sit up, you're initially a little bit groggy and annoyed at having woken up. And then you remember that today is a very important day because today is your 18th birthday. You're 17? No. This is clearly a flashback, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I was so confused there for a second because I was out of it for a second, just staring into space, thinking my thoughts. And I was like, you're a baby. 
what do we see when we look around Cassandra's childhood or adolescent bedroom? You see a mess, but an organized mess. There's a large, heavy wood desk, you know, at one side of the wall full of, like, papers and research. It looks like sketches of insects and plants and stuff like that, things that, you know, would most likely be seen locally. It's very obvious that this is a more well-off, or at least Cassandra's from a more well-off family. And... One of the biggest differences is actually how Cassandra looks. Cassandra's wardrobe, or at least the clothes that she's wearing at the moment, are a lot more muted uh, along the lines of earthy browns, of grays and blacks. And upon that, upon Cassandra remembering that, it's their birthday, they remember their parents telling them that they have a surprise for them. And quickly gets ready and starts heading downstairs to the hall. You head downstairs to the hall. You can't hear or see anyone in the house immediately. Cassandra is very confused. They are calling out for anybody, wondering, like, they're calling out for for their mother, their father, you know, any other family. They're trying to see if any of the... um, if anybody else is there, but they just can't seem to find anybody. As you're looking, you hear a noise from your parents' bedroom. And you can't quite make it out because it's a little bit, It's I, again, you're well off family, so I imagine it's a big house. Is mm-hmm. that accurate? So you hear a noise from your parents' bedroom and you can't quite make out what it is. It sounds like someone is sort of stumbling about in your parents' bedroom. Cassandra starts to make their way up to her parents' bedroom and knock on the door and it's like, Mom? Dad? Uh, Roll read a bad situation here. That is a seven. Okay, on a seven, you get to ask one question from that list. Do you have the list? Let's see. Uh, are there any dangers that we haven't noticed? You hear what sounds like a cutoff whisper and then someone, actually a couple pairs of footsteps. You kind of know your parents' bedroom well enough to know that it sounds like they're walking over inside your parents' closet. And then the room is quiet again before you uh, open the door. Cassandra checks if the door is locked. Tries to open the door. It's not locked. You can open it if you want to. And we'll slowly open the door and peek in. Okay, you peek in. You don't see anyone. The closet door is closed currently. And Cassandra starts to slowly make their way to the closet door. Um, is this... Oh, no. Did I... Did I ruin my surprise? Am I not supposed to be in here? There's not really a noise from the other side. And then you hear, like, muttered, like, you were supposed to be quieter. We were supposed to, like, get her out of here. Come on, no, I'm <laughs> There's a beat, an awkward little beat of silence, and then the door swings open, and your parents, and they go, surprise! <laughs> your mom is like, I just, I knew that your dad's footsteps were going to be too loud. We were trying to sneak in and get something set up here and lure you in, and then old fucking Leadfoot over here. Your dad's like, oh, come on, like, it's not... It's both our faults. 
<laughs> Fine. Happy birthday, sweetie. Oh, oh, it was so. Oh, I had a really creepy vibe to this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that in character or out of character? It is in character. Like Cassandra's like, I was so, I was, I was so worried because I thought something was happening. Had a really bad feeling, but no. <laughs> I mean, something was happening. Your father was ruining the surprise. We went to all the hard work to try to set up. Um, yeah, happy birthday, sweetie. And your mom gives you a big, big hug. And then, you, you know, your dad, I think, actually just envelops the both of you in like a big bear hug, like a big old group hug. It's a very sweet moment. As your parents unravel or uh, relax the hug, your mom's like, all right, so uh, your dad has your... <laughs> your dad has... Uh, did do something right. He's got uh, he's got your favorite breakfast downstairs. What is your favorite breakfast, Cassandra? Uh, Cassandra's favorite breakfast would be scrambled eggs, some toast with cream cheese, and a hot cup of tea. Oh yeah, and your mom's like, I'm um, your your dad's got it prepared downstairs. I got one other thing I got to get ready, and I'll join the two of you down there in a sec. Yeah, that like Cassandra just like, gives them gives them both another hug, and then heads down to the kitchen. Your dad follows you and is like, all right, no, you didn't hear this from me, but I'm pretty sure your mom's the one with the lead feet. Like I have actually, I was practicing how to be quieter, but she you know, just assumes that because I've, you know, he sort of gestures at his big, big feet. It's like, because you know, I got these big stompers, she just assumes it's always my fault. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, dad. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yep, fine. Um, I see I'm on attacks from all sides. <laughs> uh, alone. Can't even defend my own castle. <laughs> you oh, two are dang. terrible. Breaking down this man's walls. Yeah. <laughs> and he then takes you into the kitchen and grabs, um, I think he's kind of tucked it away where you couldn't see it initially if you were looking around, but he pulls out uh, a lovely spread of, if I remember correctly, he said scrambled eggs, just absolutely fluffy, buttery, excellently seasoned. What type of bread is your toast? This is really important flavor. Um. <laughs> we're very food focused again. Very food focused, yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys ate. I had dinner at 4 p.m. I have not had breakfast nor lunch. Uh, I would say Cassandra's favorite would be like wheat bread. Okay. Yeah, so it's got some wheat bread toast with some cream cheese on it. It is it is a lovely, just prepared with, you can tell like a lot of care. Uh, your dad's a good cook, and this is certainly him at his finest effort. We'll uh, sit down and it's like, we'll, we'll start asking some questions to their dad, trying to like figure out what the surprise is like. It's not. It's not that dog I've been wanting. I've been asking you, right? Right? It's, no. I've been, okay. Look, I'm already in hot water over here. Like, dude, like, don't, don't pry it out of me any further. <laughs> oh, um, you can't blame me for being curious. I mean, I won't, but your mom will blame me if I tell you. <laughs> she won't. Well, well, she does have a weird way of finding out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, between you and me, like, she kind of terrifies me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> um, and I'm not easily terrified, you know that. Um, absolute lionheart over here. As the two of you are enjoying this breakfast, your mom strides in, 
with a package wrapped in a solid black wrapping with a black bow on top of it and sets it down in front of you. And she's like, surprise! We've got a few other gifts later, but this one's sort of just for the three of us to enjoy together. Cassandra will just have, like, the biggest smile on their face and start unwrapping the gift. Inside, you find a necklace with a dark black gem hung at the center of it. And you know that this is something that is very, very important to your family. You've actually seen your dad wearing it around his wrist pretty much constantly. And actually, now that you notice it, you sort of realize something sort of seemed off about your dad's appearance that day, and he's not wearing it on his wrist anymore. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's... Uh, Okay, this is tricky because now I can slide between both parents, which is awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're both too similar in my own voice. Yeah, um, since you're turning 18, we wanted you to have this. Cassandra's like looking at the necklace and then looking at their parents and before taking it in their hands. It's like, it's... This is a really good surprise. And then is putting on the necklace. Maybe you have like a little bit of trouble getting the clasp on or something and your mom comes around behind like, oh, let me help you with that, sweetie. Oh, it's good. We, um, your your father apparently isn't confident enough in his masculinity to wear a necklace that so we'd had it made as a bracelet. <laughs> um, but, um, but we, we wanted to get it refitted. Uh, oh my God, it looks so perfect on you, sweetie. It's, um, I don't want to get sentimental or anything, but that, uh, that, I've had that in my possession since, um, since I was, well, literally your age, it's a bit of a family tradition to to pass it down on the 18th birthday. Um, I I know we haven't talked about it a ton. It's, uh, but it has a lot of um, a lot of history in that. It's very important to our family, and I. It's not a not a small deal for. It's a pretty um. Yeah, I've, I'm just very happy that I took care of it long enough to to pass it on uh, to you. Sorry, I promised I wasn't going to cry. Um, and, uh, God, what a holds- bitch. Fuck <laughs> 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 you, dude. Are you kidding? Um, Please don't hate me. I wouldn't hate you. Not for this case. And he sort of like chokes a little bit and he just kind of holds your hand and your mom kind of holds your other hand. So two of you share this like really nice moment of your breakfast. That's sweet. Cassandra's like going about, it's like, oh, this is, this is a wonderful present. I'll never take it off. I'll take good care of it. You know, just kind of going on and on, just being very excited about, you know, having something passed down onto them. Yeah, so we wanted to have this little moment of just us, but um, the, the rest of the family is coming over. Uh, later, we're going to have a, a whole big party planned. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, Cassandra's just like, you know, pulling her hands back, just like clapping their hands together, looking like bouncing in their seat, looking very excited. It's like, oh, it's been it's been forever since we had the whole family together. Oh, this is a special occasion, so no better time to fix that. Hi everyone, it's your DM Dana here with this week's mid-break. I just want to start with, as always, a big thanks to everyone for listening. We've recently crossed 800 total downloads and we have broken into the top 100 of Apple's comedy fiction charts for podcasts. So that's pretty amazing. I love 
this show and I'm very proud of it and I think it is a good show, but I don't think even with that, I would have dreamt of getting to that point, especially after just like three episodes, now four. So thank you so much to anyone who's listened, especially if you've given us a recommendation to someone else. We're extremely, extremely thankful for that. Beyond that, I don't have a ton this week. However, since it's Black History Month, we wanted to make a point to recommend some shows that we've been enjoying that are led by Black creatives. This week, the two shows that I would really love to recommend are one is Friends at the Table, which I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, a decent chance you've listened to at this point. But if not, you absolutely should. It's another actual play podcast. And the DM on that show, Austin Walker, is really, really, really good. One of the best DMs I've ever listened to. And in particular, he does an amazing job of making incredibly detailed worlds that really feel lived in and feel like they have a history to them that's so organically built. And he's absolutely fantastic at it. If you want to learn how to DM well, you would be very, very wise to listen to that show. And another show that I have been listening to that I'd love to recommend is Adventures in New America. It's on the Night Vale Presents network of podcasts, and it's described as the first sci-fi political satire, Afrofuturistic buddy comedy. And it definitely lives up to that name and the uniqueness it implies. It's It's got a really interesting and engaging story and uh, great voice acting, great music, and overall just a really great presentation. Again, it's a very unique world that they've built, but it's one that feels, despite being kind of surreal and fantastic and a little absurd, very organic and real. And it's just, it does a great job of kind of marrying horror and comedy and camp, which is something we try to do on this show. And it's also been incredibly influential in the sort of vibe we aim for. So those are a couple shows that I want to recommend. I want to keep doing this every week, even after February. So if you have a show you want to recommend that is led by folks of color, especially indigenous and black folks of color, we would love to give it a shout out. Just let us know. You can tweet at us or shoot us an email. Um, our Twitter is at MeddlingPod and our email is MeddlingPod at gmail.com. It's probably a little faster to get in touch with us through Twitter, but we do try to check the email occasionally. As I kind of said at the start, we have a little bit more of an audience and a platform than I was initially expecting to have this early on. And in as much as we have either of those things, I want to use them for a good purpose. And I think a simple thing that we can do, given our audience, is to recommend shows made by and featuring voices that people need to hear more of. In particular, we want to prioritize smaller shows that could benefit from some extra attention. The two shows that I recommended today are both fairly popular, and they're both very good and very worthy of attention, but we would also love to give more shout outs to smaller shows that could benefit from a little bit of extra reach. And we are going to be proactive in finding and listening to those shows, but if you have recommendations for us, we would be more than happy to take them. Okay, that's it for now. I'll get back to the show and I will see you for our next episode, which will be on March 2nd. Talk to you then. Bye. And we now cut back to the present where we see Ashton and Dane. You've brought Cassandra inside. Dane, where have you set Cassandra while they are sleeping? We went through the ritual, by the way. Ashton did a whole nother chalk thing. You ate another half of chalk. Delicious chalk. Chalk snack. Um... Once we get inside, Dane will set Cassandra down at um, whatever the comfiest place would be. Um, Actually, Dane will turn to Bill. Do you have a bed?
I mean, uh, yeah, I got one upstairs, but uh, you know, if the room isn't really uh, clean, we could put it on the couch down here. That will suffice. And Dane will set Cassandra down on, uh, gently down on the couch and look around. Uh, is there a blanket or something? Uh, let's, I'm going to say laying over the couch, there is like a, uh, like an, uh, knitted quilt. It's like a bearskin rug for some reason in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a bear rug. <laughs> Dane, oh, Dane will take the quilt and not like all the way over, but just kind of like it is there if you need it, um, for Cassandra. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you know how long she's going to be out? She looks like she really uh, got a lot of energy out of her. The time varies. Their body is not used to it like mine is. No. Uh, so what What exactly did she do to, to, you know, be totally passed out like a drunk in the South? I don't know. Even though I am powerful in my own right, their powers are much more vast and varied compared to mine. Right, right. Well, uh, I guess uh, we're just going to wait for Greeny to get back and for uh, this one to wake up. Um, I'm just going to feed the dog. Yes, this dog that you have. Right. If it so much as growls at me, you will be short one dog. Oh, okay. Uh, don't, you don't, uh, right. All right. Listen, she's really friendly. Uh, you know, just don't say things like, uh, <laughs> that really bothers her. Did you just, never mind. Right. <laughs> I'll be right back. And he goes up the stairs. Okay. Dane will just kind of like sit on the floor next to Cassandra and wait for him. You can kind of tell, Dane, that Cassandra sort of twitching and stirring, you know, as if she's dreaming fitfully. Okay. Dane will take her hand in his and hold it tight. Oh, that's cute. That probably happens right around the time like the hug happens in the dreams. Yeah. Oh. So, Ashton... Where is your dog? What kind of dog is it? Tell me about this dog. I want to know everything about the dog. Yeah, because otherwise we're going to get so many messages on Twitter. <laughs> so when I say dog or when Ashton <laughs> says dog, he doesn't mean a dog in the normal sense of fur and baby eyes and you know just cute little ball of fluff no uh this is his pet hound of tinjalos which i'm sure someone out there probably knows basically they were created by ryleth or it was either ryleth or nyalethotep uh in cthulhu stuff and basically wait I think you're adding some H's there, but I think I know what you mean. I, I probably am. I'm not very good at pronouncing <laughs> words. Um, Those are difficult words to pronounce. They are very, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of apostrophes. Um, but, oh, look at me. I'm H.P. Lovecraft. I'm super racist and also have to throw in apostrophes you know, in everything that I do. <laughs> he, he's actually from Rhode Island. My roommate sent me pictures of her going to go like... <clears throat> 
flip off his grave. Wow. He's buried in Providence. Fuck that guy. Uh, anyways, uh, mm-hmm. we can, yeah, n- more nuanced discussions of reclaiming for, Warcraft. For this dog, <laughs> so to say, um, you know, the how, why, and when of how Ashton obtained Slurpee is not important. What is important is that you get an idea of what this animal looks like. And so it is, you can imagine a canine figure, four legs, one of those dogs with like without a tail or like with a short tail, but this one doesn't have a tail. It's a very smooth and sleek, not scaly, but just more of like a very slick tendril like body. And the end of it, where its head should be, is a lot like Dane in a way, where it, in when it's calm, it has all of its faces like pretty closed, but it can open up into a writhing mass of tentacles and teeth. And on two sides of that, it has very bioluminescent blue eyes that do glow, though faintly. Where is Slurpee cat? In Ashton's bedroom. Okay, so you open the door and Slurpee just kind of jumps on top of you. Probably right. I imagine. I picture Slurpee's kind of playful. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, Slurpee is like just for size. Um, it's a very thick animal, but it's for dog comparison. Let's just say American Bulldog. That's precious. Yeah, so I think maybe they're not bounding on top of you so much as they're kind of jumping around your legs. Yeah. Kind of pawing up at you. Yeah. It doesn't make any, like, panting sounds because it's not Yeah, it makes more like... It makes slurping sounds and a little bit of clicking sounds. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so like he'll he'll pet he'll pet Slurpee and be like, oh, that's a good girl right there. You want to get some food? And like he'll do like the like grab his knees and like crouch down to look at her. Like you want some food? You want some food? All right, let's go downstairs. Come on. And uh, he will go downstairs ahead of her, uh, though she might pass him. And he will go. All right, here comes the dog. Uh, don't eat her, please. Dane, you see this dog come down the stairs. Dane, it, at first, it's a look of like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this thing up. And then, <laughs> upon seeing it, just kind of like re- eases into a state of like relaxation. That's not a dog. It's a dog. If you, if, I mean, I mean, it is a hound. If, it's called a hound. If your definition of dogs extends to aberrations and otherworldly creatures, then I suppose. Well, yes, but like, I wasn't the one that called it a dog initially. If you want to argue that, you can argue it with uh, the cath- the uh, oh god, what was it called? Uh, I think it was either Nyarlathotep or something else. You uh, invoke the name of many things beyond your understanding. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> As you say uh, this, Dane, the Slurpee is just kind of like hops up into your lap and starts trying to like lick your face with its tentacles. Yeah, like its face will like open up and like a tiny little tongue will like yeah. lick your uh, face. Dane will just kind of like nod and just let it happen. This is like the most comfortable that Dane will ever be with probably another creature. 
Oh. I love that in Dane's head, like the fact that it's not an actual dog is far comforting than whatever the hell this thing is. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a cute little golden retriever, that was gonna be a problem, but this fucking monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a gold it's like a golden retriever. Excellent. Fucking excellent. What do you think uh like means, Chris? Yeah, right. <laughs> so earlier this year I had my uh I had my pet golden retriever. She passed away oh. from oh, shit, cancer I'm sorry. and stuff. I'm sorry. Dumbest dog I've ever had. <laughs> Still my best friend, but like dumbest yeah. dog. And she was so happy and full of energy. So like that's like the idea that I have. Okay. Yeah. But like she'll cuddle up with you and stuff. As this whole thing happens with Dane, Slurpee's licking his face. Uh, he'll go. Uh, I mean, listen. I. Uh, how do you think I got this thing? You think I'm afraid of just saying a few names? Mm hmm. No, and I suppose that is a gross underestimation of your either courage or lack of intelligence. Either way. Eh, yeah, I get that a lot. Dane, Dane will turn back to Slurpee, and for a brief moment, and it kind of you get the the same vocal quality of when he goes full monster, except with none of the visual. Just goes, "Which part of the beyond did you come from, little one?" <laughs> I have not been there <laughs> mentally. Does he speak slurping? Uh, this is delightful. Yeah. While, while we're having this kind of adorable dog moment, you hear a noise for a sec, Ashton, and you look over and the paper, the map, is actually starting to kind of twitch a little bit on its own. Oh, shit. Uh, he'll pick it up and uh, see if there's any distinct changes in it. Roll investigate a mystery all right so that's a four plus a five so that is nine plus one is ten all right you get to ask two questions about the map uh what's happening here is that one of them uh, what happened here is one what happened here what happened here isn't what happened in the past or what is being concealed here isn't like I'm gonna be real with you. I, I just want to know what's going on with the map. <laughs> I know, but you have to phrase <laughs> have to it in choose. the form of one of the questions. I uh, <laughs> what is being concealed here? <laughs> you sound so heartbroken. Yeah, despite your pessimism over the prospect <laughs> of this, you see that the blood—it it was always kind of a little dynamic—but now you can tell that it's starting to shift. And actually the map itself is starting to rearrange a little bit and the blood is starting to pool in the center of the map. Remind me, you're not super familiar with this, right, Ashton? Well, I mean, he's seen, he has seen stuff like this before. He knows what blood maps are and how they work. He just doesn't like doing them because it hurts. <laughs> you know that blood maps will sometimes do this as they rearrange. And one of the things that makes them special is not that they just show you an area, but it's that they can actually move and change shape and reveal new things based on exposure to other sort of magical things or ingredients or whatever. And this map is starting to kind of pool in the center as if it's maybe about to rearrange into some other shape or something. However, it hasn't seemed to solidify into a new form yet as if it's stuck in a period of stasis. Whatever question do you want to ask? Mm. Um... Oh, there's what was it going to do is interesting. Do you want to go with that? Yeah. You actually notice, Ashton, 
that the reason it seems to be reforming is when Dane set it down on one of your countertops, there was actually a little bit of a wet spot Ah. um, that it got. No, 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 no. This is actually a good thing. Don't worry. And you actually trace the wet spot back. One of your jars has a slight leak in it. And whatever is in the jar has caused this thing to take shape with just a little bit of it. What is in the jar? Trying to think of the list of shit that I have in Ashton's home. You can go with pretty much anything as long as it's a liquid. I'm pretty open on this. Oh, okay. It's a pure black liquid, but when you look at it, it looks less like a liquid and more like a hole. Ooh, okay. I like that. So you know that if maybe you put a little bit more of this on the map, it'll sort of switch to another state. Yeah. Ah, shit. Void juice got on it. Void what? Void juice. I got... I didn't steal my void juice. Do not call it that? That's what it's called. I got it from... I don't care. Don't call it that. (laughs) But... But that's where I got it from. It deserves respect. (laughs) The void juice? (laughs) (laughs) Dane just makes this like disgusted face. This is like, ew, juice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh. So do you attempt to put more of this on the map to see what happens? Or are you going to be cautious here? Uh, um, And think about what Ashton would do, not what Chris would think is the most sensible, smart thing to do. Shit. All right. uh, Let me and he will go and he'll cap the void juice. Um, and he will point over to a cabinet in like that you can kind of see into the kitchen from the living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll point to a cabinet that's in the kitchen and he'll go in there. There's a, uh, really old, like paper towel like thing. If you could take that, wipe this up, please. Uh, don't use the normal paper, ta- paper, <laughs> the, the paper towels, <laughs> the towels the Pope uses. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Don't use the uh, normal paper. I can't see. <laughs> now, these towels were bought from the Pope, and they're very important, so you can't Don't. use them. Don't use the paper towel. It's very bad for the void juice. What has happened to your voice? Void <laughs> <laughs> juice. Um. <laughs> Don't um. use the normal paper towel. On the void juice. Mm. That will just make the paper towel go away. Uh, so, yeah, grab, just clean that up, please. Mm. Uh, yes. And he will walk over to another jar. Inside of it, it looks like there is a tiny inkwell. Like nothing else. And it's an inkwell in a jar. And the inkwell is capped. And he will take this jar. And pop it open. Uh, and he will reach inside, pick up the inkwell. And he'll pop the cork out of the inkwell. And just drop a few drops of green liquid out of it. Interesting. Onto the map or? Onto the map, yeah. Okay. Dane, I assume in the background you're you're grabbing this. Yeah, Dane just picks up Slurpee off the lap. Let's go of Cassandra. Pats her on the head. Then goes to pick up the <laughs> not normal paper towel. Um, <laughs> I'm a fucking mess, all right? That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, you're cleaning it up. Uh, Ashton, when you drop that little bit of liquid on the uh, 
on the map, it starts to shift even more mm -hmm. and sort of pulse. And then in kind of a quick motion, all the blood that's pooled in the center splashes out over the map again, except now it's no longer a map of Sminfidge. It is words. And the words say the following. The cliffside beacons, burning sight, a sailor's great relief. Sear me in its unmasked light to find the ocean's teeth. And it stays like that uh, for a little bit. And then it pulls back up and spreads back out. And it's once again a map of the surrounding area. Ashton will take a second and just like process this and he'll go, huh. The reverse invisible ink actually worked. <laughs> oh, that's delightful. In the background, you hear Dane just go, The void liquid has been cleaned. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, can't spill too much void juice, then I need to go back and get more void juice. <laughs> it pains me when you say it like that. What, void juice? Enough. So yeah, we switch over to Tempest, and you have just been dropped off outside the home of one Andy. One Andy. <laughs> one Andy. One single Andy. Ah. Uh, no more. Thank no God, less. there's not more than one. And actually, out of the door starts to walk the titular Dr. Feldman himself, dressed very much and as you would expect, kind of a pair of waiters and everything. Like, oh, uh, oh, good. I was worried. Uh, I was worried I wasn't gonna um. We weren't going to connect today. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Nah. How, how are you doing there, friend? Ready to, ready to do some clam science? I missed Andy. Absolutely <laughs> stoked. Do clam Fantastic. Today. That's the clam science spirit. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a regular clam scientist in no time. Sounds great. Sounds excellent. That's just what I want. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll hop in the uh, hop in the old car. He's probably got what kind of car would Andy have? He drives something really like old timey. Absolutely. If he's anything like the the shark biologist I used to work with drove a Prius, and it was always the biggest shock to see this man like fight a three four hundred pound Mako and then get to his fucking Prius at the end of the day. I think he's got like an old timey white beat up pickup truck. Beautiful. With a lot of supplies in the back of it. And you two hop in the car, I assume you start driving off. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, so um, I, uh, I was talking to Melody a little bit before you got here. Uh, how is that? How it seems like you're, you know, seems like you're on a pretty good track with the advancement and everything. Yeah. Um, hoping so anyway. I'm more on the Kermit end than the Minnesotan end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> really sounds like Kermit. Just, it's, they just got they just got finished watching the um, you know the Muppets and they they just caught on a little bit. That's all it is. Yeah, I do want all the fan art to feature Andy as Kermit. <laughs> Kermit the Frog in a Hawaiian shirt. That's all you need to know. They tense up a little when they mention Melanie. And go, yeah. Um, what what did she say? No, I mean she just said I. Uh, and you were a great student, and that you'd be super helpful. That's good. That's nice. I'm glad she feels like that. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, you know, I, uh, I'm always happy to help out graduate students in need. You know, I know that time of life is pretty difficult. It was a long time ago for me, but, uh, you know, still got the scars to prove the passage into academia. The, the clam scars. Mm-hmm. 
Vicious yep, clams are vicious biters, as everyone knows. <laughs> he lets out a laugh. Um, you all pull up to the first research site. And so just to kind of get some visual here, uh, Daisy, we're pulling up there. And what what kind of what would a research site for claim science kind of look like a little bit? I'm thinking I'm going to pull back to Quahogs because I'm from Rhode Island and I know what Quahogan looks like. I would say it's probably a rocky shore. It doesn't have to be sheltered, but judging by this map that I'm looking at, it would be a little bit tucked away. It's not necessarily too far right in the path of the waves or else it wouldn't be a rocky shore anymore, would it? Nope, that's fair. Yeah, so this is a uh, this is a uh, site A. Um, just been you know just you, I mean you know, I'll kind of show you the simple protocol. It's not too complicated. We're gonna go out, collect a few samples, um, and uh, you know do some measurements of the water. I get all the data. I um I also like you know just to be uh safe, kind of keep my own controlled measurements. I measure the tide levels out here just to make sure mm-hmm. they're kind of consistent with the local. Uh, local data um and yeah so uh, yeah no um you want to hop out and uh help me get some clams awesome yeah they set their bags still in the car but they do pull out a couple things some of their equipment what little there is is mostly water samples and the occasional busted up ph meter and they also have (laughs) um they consider for a moment but they do remember dane's worry and they have a dive knife which is a pretty typical dive knife, except it looks like it's got some weird scratch marks on it. And they will set that in the pocket of their raiders. Okay. Again, as a little bit of flavor here, if someone was trying to kind of measure tidal levels or whatever, is there an instrument one would do to check that? Or is that a, like... I've never done it. Presumably you get a big old measuring tape and you measure from the high tide line. Okay. I feel like we're being way more detailed than anyone would expect us to be, but... Scientific accuracy is never a problem. That's true. <laughs> so given that it's, uh, I think we established kind of late summer in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and, you know, now we're into about three or four. Where are we relative to like high tide, low tide? Um, you would need to give me a moon phase and probably a date. Uh, okay. Um, I, we can kind of fudge it. Yeah. I, I, we'll, um, say, we'll say it's later in the day in... Okay, so I would say that you are not quite at a full high tide, but you're you're around there. Okay, you kind of wait out, and he kind of shows. Yeah, all right. So you know, you want to get down in here, want to find a few good specimens, representative samples. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are all the various qualities you look in at a clam that I will describe to you in the level of detail a clam scientist would know. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Andy. I already know all my clam science. I went to clam school. <laughs> the two of you spend a little bit of time kind of collecting some samples. Oh, uh, you mind taking a couple water samples? You got your uh, you got your uh, backup meter, right? Um, you know what? I could not find it, but I figured I'd just run take a sample and run the analysis, do a better look when I got um back. I could properly search. It might be in my car. Um, roll and manipulate someone because you're, you're lying here. Yeah, I am straight and lying. See, okay, you're straight up bullshitting this poor sweet man. <gasps> That's a 12! All right, yeah. And he's like, oh, 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 okay. Uh, yeah, no worries, no problem. Um, we'll, we'll collect the sample. I, uh, I gotta run off, take a couple of uh, measurements. I'll mm-hmm. be right back. Sure, sounds good. 
once I got a, I got a backup meter at the house. We could stop by there. You are collecting some water samples, Tempest. As you're looking at the water, you notice washed up in it. In with the live clams are also some clams that you actually notice. Uh, you see just a few of them that sort of have that same kind of broken up, digested look to them. And you actually see a few other sea creatures that seem to have washed up the more that you start to look in the water. Huh, I think they're going to... One, they want a closer look. Two, they're going to pull out their little field journal and note that down. N yeah. Number and condition. That's what they were going to write down. Like how many of them there are and what do they look like? Does this need to be an investigative mystery role or pretty much just kind of noting? Because this quarter backs up what you've seen so far. Yeah. Are you trying to get Th in? This is just them noting for themselves like it, this is a fish. There are five <laughs> of them and they have been chewed up and spat at. Yeah, okay, they aren't going enough. into any detail. <laughs> That's fair. As you, you know, you're, you're taking some measurements, jotting a few things down in your notebook. Andy wades back over and he's got a, he's got kind of a puzzled, almost frustrated, but mostly just puzzled look on his face. <laughs> not at you, not at you. Got, oh, um, oh, uh, how is, uh, how is it, uh, how's everything, how's everything going? Yeah, it's good. Hey, are you noticing anything? I don't know, we've got a lot of, um, Got a lot of washed up creatures here. More than I'd expect. <coughs> yeah, I was, you know what? That's actually a, I know we saw that uh, seal earlier. I thought maybe that was a one-off thing, but you know, you're right. It's, it's strange. I also, um, all right, you know, can maybe do me a favor here and, and check this with me. Yeah, uh, sure. And he proceeds to go over, uh, kind of lead you over. And he runs through like measuring the tide, um, tide mm -hmm. level, kind of like you described. And he's like, um, like, I, and you, you kind of do it together. And he's like, can you just uh, run through this measurement real quick with, uh, do it independently? I want to check something. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you check it and you, uh, you give him back the number and he's like, all right, well, I guess I can't be, uh, can't be user error here. Hmm. I, what's, what are we looking at? Well, and he opens up a little notebook that he has on him. And you see he's, like, been measuring the tidal levels mm -hmm. over time. It's like, they're, they don't match what they should be at this time of year. Like, the, oscillation, the, the oscillations are a little bit off. It's like, oh, I'm going to seem kind of weird for saying this, but it's almost like uh, there's something else besides the moon shift in the water, which, of course, sounds ridiculous. It's like, if I... Do you mean, like, I, they look very... They're very, very excited. It's like, do you mean that it's happening outside its normal time or its normal size? All right. Well, you know, I mean, this kind of uh, title science 101 here. And he actually um, he draws a line uh, on the ground, basically showing, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, the tides kind of working like a probably fluctuate like a sine wave if you were to graph that. Yeah, that's basically right? what it looks like. I have made so many tide graphs in my time. <laughs> it, 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 it'll be two of them, two, two waves for high and low. All right, so, you know, these are, this is what the tide ought to look like. I'm sure we're familiar and all that. But it's almost like, it's like if you added another wave in there that wasn't going off the frequency of the moon or something that was influencing the depth and the everything of the water. It's very strange. I've been tracking it for, and I thought I was just kind of doing something weird, but it's almost like there's, it's been this way for the last week or two. Like there's some other oscillation or something going on. It's not long enough for me to, like, conclusively say anything, but... Yes, of course. Um, 
could be. And now we decide if Tempest is going to lie to this man. No, uh, not sure. Hmm. Maybe not. Doesn't seem like it would be storm water. Not sure what that is. Interesting. Worth keeping an eye on anyway. Do you want to try to learn anything from just looking at Andy's data here? Yeah, sure. Um, is that investigate a mystery? That would be investigate a mystery, yeah. I'm going to pull up. Oh, no. It doesn't much matter because uh, they were the six. You are looking over the notebook when you hear a voice actually come out from kind of near the other end of the shore. And <laughs> don't worry, it's not bitch boy. I was going to. Um, thank God. No. Thank God. <laughs> oh, um, Dr. Dr. Feldman, uh, is that is that uh, you? And Dr. Um, Dr. Feldman spins around like, oh, uh, oh um, yeah, no, that's me. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, who were? Who Who's asking? And Tempest, you see someone with a van that's pulled up next to your van down near the shoreline. And you notice on the van and on the person's uniform is the same green leaf logo. Oh. Uh-oh. And standing there is a woman in a, unlike some of the compatriots, she is not in like a sort of work uniform. She's in more of like a suit, but she's still got like a little lapel pin on her suit with the, the leaf logo on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, um... I am Trisha Haywood. I'm with the the Green Corporation. I was I was trying to come by your house to meet with you, but um, you weren't there. Your husband told me that uh, I could find you out here on the um, <laughs> do a little fist bump over there, Daisy. It's silly. Okay, uh, right. I could find you out here um, near the site. Uh, I just I just wanted to introduce myself. I am with the the Green Corporation. We are interested. Um, you might have noticed we're sort of uh, moving in and uh, taking, uh, we've acquired the commercial fisheries in the uh, area and we were just interested in getting to meet with you since we know you've been researching this. I wanted to set up something a bit more formal, but uh, I haven't, um, I didn't get any, <laughs> I didn't get any responses from my emails. Uh, so I just, I wanted to come out and meet you in person. Hmm. Like, oh, um, well, uh, nice to meet you there. Andy Feldman, clam science extraordinaire. <laughs> He's <laughs> he the guy. Like a... He's the clam guy. Everyone knows it. Oh, good. Uh, well, we, I don't have anything um, super specific. I just, I imagine that we'll be working in close proximity uh, as we take over these acquired uh, commercial fisheries. So I just wanted to introduce myself. Um, and... Yeah, I don't. I don't have a ton uh, beyond that. I just wanted to check in, make sure you're doing okay. Um, if you need anything from us, absolutely, like let us know. We want to um, really want to enable um, people already doing the the work in these areas to make sure these fisheries are doing good. Uh, Got to take care of our investment. Tempest has put on the respectable academia face that they have mastered to not let people know how much they despise them, but any bullshit fucking, oh, we're going to take care of our goddamn investment while probably pumping oil and spilling it everywhere, ass motherfucker, is the kind of person that Tempest doesn't like. Oh, uh, take, um, please, absolutely, uh, take one of our cards just so that you can contact us, and she extends Andy a, a business card. I mean, she's like, oh, um, 
I'll, I'll be sorry. I, uh, I'm all wet. Um, yeah, let me get out. Let me get something to put that in. And he like gets a little plastic baggie out and slips the business card <laughs> into it before putting it into his waiters. And Trisha looks over uh, the two of you. It's like, oh, well, um, excellent. Uh, I will be in touch then. Don't worry. And she proceeds to walk back to her car. And Tempest, as you're looking, you actually see the person in the other side of the car is your bud from earlier at the archives sitting in the side. You guys make eye contact and there's like a little bit of an awkward moment there. <laughs> More respectable academia face. Tempest is having the weirdest interactions. Here I am doing the job that I told you I was doing. Unsuspiciously. <laughs> Fucker. Asshole. <laughs> As Andy is stuffing the card back into his pocket, you get like a glance at it. It has like a weird glint to it for a second before he shoves it back into his pocket. <gasps> But that's all you're able to catch before it goes back in his pocket. God, I'm so glad Tempest is paranoid because I have independently concluded that some sort of listening device in Tempest is a fucking, would also conclude that. It's like, all right, um, well, actually, it's getting a little bit late. I was, um, I was going to meet, uh, I was going to meet the old ball and chain back at, uh, back at the house for some tea. Do you want to, uh, do you want to join or do you got other stuff you got to get to? We can, we can visit site yeah. B tomorrow. It's not a big deal. Yeah, um, I might, science is a slow yeah. and steady procedure, you know. Yeah. I might have to catch at you later. Um, I was going to meet with some sort of new friends around here, but I do oh, appreciate it. Oh, you know it. your uh, your your friends from earlier, the religious one. She's not that bad. You just <laughs> you, got, you got them at a you got at them at a bad moment. I mean, I don't judge. You know, whatever. Uh, Religion and creed you subscribe to as long as you take care of your fellow man. That's all good. I just. <laughs> interesting people you're surrounding yourself with there, I suppose. That's never necessarily a bad thing, oh although sometimes God. it can be, I guess. But, you know, at least you'll have some interesting stories. Yeah, something like that. All right. Well, um, I, do you need a ride back over there? Um, You know what? If you could just drop me at the hotel, that'd be great. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's fine. We then will cut back briefly to Cassandra. It has been a long, full day of celebration. Your grandparents on both sides have been there, cousins, friends, and you and your mom and dad are sort of kind of cleaning up after a, a large party. And your dad just is like, oh, Oh, the problem with bigger feet is that there's more feet to be sore at the end of the day. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. I hate it. Oh. <laughs> it's always fun when the floor comes over. She, she always has weird stories. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk your ear off, that's for sure. <laughs> so how's it feel to be an adult? To be honest, not much different. Yeah. I remember when I turned your age, it was, um, had a somewhat of a party like this one with my friends and everything. It was a, it didn't feel different at the time, but you know, it is sort of, it's, a, it's an important time in your life as you're growing up and changing. And you want to, it's good to commemorate it. It's just messy sometimes to do it as he gestures around at the messy room. Um... I just, you know, I want to say that 
I'm I'm proud of you, uh, Elena. I'm. I know that it's been. I know that you know it's it's can be a bit of a complicated thing being a part of a big family like ours, but you've been the, the best, really the best child me and your your mother could have asked for, and I am just been overjoyed to see you grow into the person you are. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not gonna cry again. Not gonna cry again. Oh. Dad, I'm I'm gonna miss you too when I when you know when I head off to you know school and all of that. Of course, I'll miss I'll visit during the holidays, of course, but it's just you know, just being away from home. Yeah, I'm gonna miss you too, kiddo. He gives you another big hug. It's actually kind of late at this point, and you're pretty tired, Cassandra. And your dad is like, um, you know. <sighs> Why don't, why don't we, uh, why don't you turn in a little bit? We're both pretty exhausted. Uh, your mom is, uh, just, you know, saying bye to a few last folks, um, getting some stuff, uh, you know, trying to get the place presentable for tomorrow. Um, do you, uh, why don't, why don't you just, uh, turn in? I'll take care of a few more things and we'll take care of the rest tomorrow. Uh, oh, okay, sure. Consider it a final birthday present <laughs> from your old man. <laughs> Sure. Good night, Dad. Good night, sweetheart. And uh, Cassandra will head up to the room. Yep. You turn in, and important, I assume that you're still wearing the black Mm -hmm. uh, gemmed necklace. Okay, good. You go to sleep, and it's been a long day, but it's been such a wonderful day, and you've really had such a good 18th birthday and you go to bed feeling content and loved and then you wake up in not back into our world so to speak into the present but into the middle of the night and you take a moment to orient yourself and then you look around your bed and around your bed are several cloaked figures all carrying candles in their hands. And there's two of them in particular at the foot of the bed. What's going on? Who? You try to move and to struggle, but you can't. You literally cannot move. Cassandra's voice starts starts growing higher in volume. It's like, what's going on? Who are you? Why can't I move? The crowd begin to hum like a low mmm, like kind of an oscillating chant. Then they begin to sort of move the candles in a rhythmic fashion around creating this sort of swirling light effect around you. You still can't move. You can barely even turn your head to kind of look around you. And then as you look at the foot of the bed, the two figures there slowly remove their cloaks and you see your mother and father. They are simply staring at you with cold, hard, expressionless faces. Mom, Dad, what's going on? Why are you doing this? They say nothing. They proceed to walk around to either side of the bed now surrounding you as the other members who have also taken off their hoods to reveal aunts, uncles, 
grandparents all surrounding your bed now, uh, making these motions. And again, with these stock still emotionless expressions, as your parents come to either side of you and your dad begins to extend his hand towards your face and it starts to cover your face and block out your vision and it feels wet and slimy and strange and it's all of the warmth of this man that you've known for several years is gone. His fingers almost seem to grow and wrap around your face and then in a moment you wake up and your face is being covered by some strange dog-like creature with several tongues. Knew it. Knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I know. That was too good. Once I knew about Slurpee, I was like, oh, that's too good of a way to end that flashback. Ah. Holy shit, that was crazy. <laughs> I'm sitting over, sitting over here vibrating with excitement. Yeah. Uh, wow. When you wake up, like, what is your reaction, uh, Cassandra? Uh, Cassandra's very panicked reaction. Like, they don't, like, immediately just, like, get up. But there's just, like, you just hear, it's like, a don't stop, stop, stop. Uh, and then pauses and then sees Slurpee. And it's like, wait, what are you? Ah. Why the, where am I? What, what's that is Slurpee. What? Oh, oh, Jane. Oh, jeez. Apparently. Damn it, we forgot to do the <laughs> shit. <laughs> and that is the entire history of blank. <laughs> oh, it, it, could just, it could just be like, and that is Slurpee. Continue on about Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Right. Oh. So. Oh. Bill was telling me about the history of Jenga and its conception and the other ideas similar to it prior. Yes, it actually all started back in the, uh, back in Egypt, really. Um, That's all pyramid is. Dane recognizes the expression that Cassandra has after they woke up, that one of just, of uh, like a like a suppressed terror, but just mostly sad. Okay. Dane looks at Cassandra, says nothing, just makes a face, like obviously like, I recognize this, and tilts their head down in their direction, and just with the their facial expressions, uh, kind of probes is like, what do you need? And Cassandra just, without saying a word, just holds her arms out toward Dane. Mm. Dane will go over and uh, embrace Cassandra. Aw, that's a cute moment. Aww. As you two are hugging, well, I think in the background, Ashton almost obliviously continues to explain Jenga to a now disinterested audience. Slurpy at this point. <laughs> all right, so all right. Well, like I was saying, Jenga was created by Leslie Scott, the co-founder of Oxford Games Ltd, based on a game that evolved within her family in the early 1970s using children's wooden building blocks. So, like, the name Jenga is derived from Kujanga. So you, you hear a car pull up in the driveway and then you hear the door, I guess, open and then you feel, I guess, I don't know what it sounds like when someone hits the invisible barrier, but it, there's like a... Oh, it's like a gong. It's like, boom. You're, oh, God. Ow, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 
you'd let me in? Uh, you should probably knock first. Fair enough. I just... God, ow. That's like the worst... It's like one of those fucking stupid prank videos. Fuck, man. All right. And he'll uh, open the door and he'll close it behind him and then with a piece of chalk do the ritual of another mark. This is now... It started off as... 14 so now it like before he let dating in so now it is 13 marks on the door Am walks in the door is like thanks dude kind of rubbing her nose a little sorely and walks into what i guess is the living room and sees cassandra and dana bracing and she looks at you cassandra and she's like oh uh you get some rest do you finally feeling better now i want to pause here this is kind of a subtle thing, but Dane, when M says this, like she is actually expressing some legitimate happiness that, oh, like uh, Cassandra's up and she's feeling better mm-hmm. and her expression seems to match. Cassandra, that's not what you see in here. Um, you hear the same set of words, but they sound almost um, condescending and uh, rather than seeming to be like a smile, M's face seems more like a condescending sneer to you. You get some rest. Finally feeling better. Upon hearing that Dane could feel like Cassandra press closer, like that they're almost trying to like hide or use Dane to hide themselves. Okay. Dane Dane will let them hide. Um All right then. Uh I guess still need a moment or something. Um Yeah, she uh she just woke up. Uh uh, I don't know what's happening. Uh, anywho, uh, fun thing that happened while you were out. Uh, map changed for a bit. Uh, this uh, goober over here, he accidentally uh, placed it in some void juice. and uh, Void. Oh, fuck, is it okay? Is it broken? No, it's fine. It's just uh, so you know how like these things, when they interact with certain items, they can change. So, you know, it all coagulated back into its base state and I was like, oh, well, but I had something uh, to balance it out. So I grabbed my, uh, I grabbed my anti-invisible ink and, you know, just dropped a few drops on there and we actually got a message. Oh shit. I, I absolutely want to hear that. But first I need to know who is this good girl down here? Who's the good girl? Who's the girl? Oh, who's a good little house? Oh God, you're so precious. Oh my God, you didn't tell me you had one of these. Yeah. Uh, what's what what's what's your name? What's your name? Uh, Slurpy. Oh my God, of course your name is Slurpy. You're so cute. <laughs> you're so precious. <laughs> the priorities of M are on point. Yeah. yeah. M, while not completely an insert character, certainly has some overlapping traits with her creator one of them being dogs and once she's kind of like she pets uh slurping kind of lets slurpy lick with their multiple tongues or whatever her hand she's like yeah so so message um right right it was uh all right uh let me see if i can remember here um the cliffside's uh beacon uh burning site uh sailor's great relief See me in its unmasked light to find the ocean's teeth. Oh, god damn it. Cryptic shit, right? Now, what this is like some riddles.com bullshit. Um, yeah. Would that not be the lighthouse? What kind of dumbass wrote that? 
Oh. <laughs> um, a who controls a lot about your character's fate, so be careful. No, I'm kidding. Sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you say, like, wouldn't that be the lighthouse? And she's like, yeah, no, actually, that tracks. Um, the sailor's great relief. Yeah, no, 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 you're right, you're right. It's still some riddles.com bullshit, but you're right. It is, it is kind of like very obvious, not very. It is obvious very, to me yeah. that I was a sailor once. Really? Once upon a time. Do you still have no shirt on? Yes. <laughs> no one has given them a shirt. They still have the sh- shirt off. I don't know that anyone has a shirt that would fit. No. Ashton <laughs> could probably find something. All right. So if that's the lighthouse, then I guess we got to take this. And she picks up the map and kind of wiggles it. And like, yeah, it's if they stick way. it in the unmasked light, which I don't know, does that mean like, any, any ideas on that? We would probably have to go up to its light source. Yeah, something there. All right, so, oh, so wait, that means we actually do get to break in somewhere. This is perfect. No, um, as much as I love crime as next is the, uh... As next is the... As, as much as the next guy or person. Excellent, or it's settled then. We're going to break <laughs> into the lighthouse. No, what... All right, we're breaking into the lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, he took a moment and he was like... <sighs> so, we cut back over to Tempest. You're back at the hotel. Wait, what do you do here? Do you, are, you're not inside the hotel. You're still in the parking lot. You could just get in your car and drive off if you want to, but you're a nosy person. They are very nosy, and I also think that they do not want a murderer to have access to their shit. So what I, I, they want to go and like grab their stuff, but they also don't want to tangle with Archibald. Uh huh. So I think that I think. <laughs> hey, are there any windows? Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. This is a perfect read a bad situation opportunity. <laughs> okay. Um. Let me pull up my sheet. <gasps> That's for smart people, and I'm smart. Um. Not smart enough because I didn't roll very well. Just give me a minute. That's a eight. Okay, you get to ask one question, which I interpret as what's my best way in. Yes. You look, you're on the second floor, right? I'm on the second floor. Your best way in is probably to get directly into your own room. Oh, are you going to tell me to climb in the window? I mean, if, if you want to get in undetected, <laughs> yes, that is what you're going to But. You also don't, you could try to climb up the side of the building. You also see a stepladder that's been left on its side, presumably from someone doing some work. Oh God, every part of me is saying that this will end up with them being seen. Hmm. Um, how visible is the, I think they, they were looking out toward the ocean, which means they aren't facing the street. That's true. Yeah, that is fair. And it's, in the off season, so there wouldn't be that many tourists around. Doing the math on how fast can Tempest get up and through a window and out again, being a, while physically fit, not particularly sporty person. You can certainly attempt to do this. Do you never sneak out of the house in the middle of the night? I do. Not in the middle <laughs> of like the day. It's like that, but reverse. <laughs> yeah, it's the middle of the day. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> and it will. Can't you call the? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I I'm not there. I can't make suggestions. No. You could though, because I really don't want to climb through this fucking window. Can't you? Okay, <laughs> let me put it this way: you have two options. You can go in through the front door, or you can climb up. You got to make a choice, though. Hmm. I'm gonna say I think they are more comfortable with bluffing that they that Archibald is like, "Hey, dude, no, I didn't. Hey, dude, you know I thought I saw you earlier. Isn't that weird?" you got one of those faces. Anyway, <laughs> I think that I think that's what they're going to try. I think that's what they're going to try. They're just going to walk in and like quick head in their field journal, which definitely doesn't have anything in just to like not making conversation. Uh, yeah, um, you walk in the front door, right? Mm-hmm. You head in your notebook. Yep. And as you're looking at. Oh, um, hello. I um, I. I hey. Do you require anything from your uh, exceedingly humble host and servant? No, I don't think so. I think I'm good. Thanks, though. Uh, you notice that his hands are bandaged. Interesting. Yes. God, nosy Tempest doesn't know what's good for them. They're gonna be. They're gonna ask. They're gonna be like, "Are you, you okay? Did you cut yourself?" Oh, um. I was doing some uh, gardening work earlier out, and I unfortunately um, lacerated my hands. That sounds painful. Good luck on that healing up okay, I guess. Uh, uh, Thank you. I uh, appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) And I think they're going to quickly continue on to their room. Okay. Um, You walk up into your room. And you're just trying to get your stuff, right? What are you taking with you? They only have like the one bag, so it's gonna stick everything in it and walk out again. As you pass by, I think you're expecting Archibald maybe to say something just because that seems to be their MO. Mm-hmm. There's like a weird bit like where they don't say anything, and maybe you kind of, if you're okay with this, like you, you yeah. uh, glance up for a sec and you notice that Archibald is staring down at something behind their little receptionist desk somewhat intently. Hmm. Ah, so fucking nosy. I want to know. Hmm. I'm sure you do. There's one way to find out. Yeah. Give me a second to figure out how they want to do this. I think they would just like walk up to the desk and be like, actually, if you have a second, um... Did you want Jason to eat around here? Like, so that they are in a position to look. Hmm. Roll me an investigative mystery. Beautiful. <gasps> that is a 12. Excellent. Pull up the list that I have ready. I will, what, what is being concealed here first off? Yep. Archibald attempts to hide what he's looking at before you can sort of see it as, as you sort of lean your head over the receptionist area but you get a glance at it and you're able to see that it's a photo actually and it's a photo of two people standing outside of the anchor hotel one of them is archibald and the other is a short woman with crazy curly hair they have their arms around each other and they're seemingly posing for a photo please tell me that's his wife i thought it would be the business partner mysteriously murdered and he sort of tries to slide it under. They will make note of it. They will not say anything about it. 
Uh, whatever question did you want to ask, Claire, that you might try to get? Let's have a look. Let's have a look at my list. Besides, you know, where is there somewhere to eat? Mm-hmm. What was it going to do? It being Archibald, I presume. It being right? Archibald. You as you are looking back up at Archibald's face before he collects himself to answer this question, the emotion on his face is a somewhat complicated one, but it's mostly sadness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, um, oh, sorry. I, um, well, you, you, uh, you were requesting, um, sustenance. Was that correct? Yeah, like restaurants, that kind of thing. Oh, oh absolutely. If you want, um, but beyond the, the Flotsam and Jetsam Bar and Cafe, which is also open at this time, of there is also um, an excellent seafood <laughs> restaurant down uh, but near the shore. Uh, no, it's not Danny's. Don't type in the chat, Daisy. <laughs> not appreciated. <laughs> um, Look, I wasn't going to say it on mic and interrupt you. It's not good. It's Danny's. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> That's their slogan. Um, no, there's a, a seafood establishment, the Oysters Pearl, down near the water. Um, I can give you the address. And he goes to pull out, like, I think he literally has a fucking feather pen. Of course he does. That he goes uh, to write down the address on and then hands it to you. Uh, great, thanks. Appreciate the help. He looks uh, just kind of at the fact that you're... He seems maybe nervous that maybe you've caught a glance of what he was looking at. He's like, oh, um, no, no problem. I am always happy to be your exceedingly humble host and servant. Uh, Will you um, be requiring uh, anything later this evening? We uh, Breakfast will be served tomorrow from... uh, Seven to ten thirty. You know what? I think I should be good. Uh, thanks, though. If I need anything, I know where to find you. Absolutely, I will remain here uh, throughout the evening, uh, keeping a careful eye on the place, making sure everything is in order. If mm-hmm. you require anything, I will be here to assist. Yep, sounds um, good. Have a lovely evening and be safe. I will do all of those things and they walk out. (laughs) Um, Where are you headed here? I think they are going to go regroup with the others. So you get in your car, you're able to follow the directions. All right. (laughs) They, they, They don't know shit about the directions. They just remember the way M went. Yeah, you remember the way M went. You start to head back and you arrive. Um, What do you do when you show up to Ashton's place? Because you haven't been inside yet. Well, I assume that the first thing that they do is um, bonk their head on the boards. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that they'll like size it up and be like, oh, nice wind chimes. What the fuck? Inside, M has like pulled up like a map of around the lighthouse and is trying to like do some research on it's like okay so if we go in here this is probably when the guards like chains over um why are there guards on a tiny town's lighthouse 
That is a question that Dane will be asking. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's if, like, I mean, yeah, she's like, I, well, you know, like there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's people that like yeah. watch over it. Um, Bastion but, is in the kitchen. There's like one it. keeper, definitely. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I am the keeper of the lights. <laughs> <laughs> If, um, Ashton is in the kitchen and he's like making a nice BLT and occasionally tossing Slurpee some ingredients. Oh. When he hears that, he goes, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are the gods? At that point, Cassandra had put bandages on their scratches and everything. So now their hands are all like covered in these uh, pastel yeah. bandages. Before, before we go so into moment. anything, I think Tempest is still outside just establishing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Hearing the the bonk, Ashton will go, oh, fucking, just big guy over here never did it. Well, I don't know why you did it. Dane is just standing there really patiently, like the box of bandages in their hand. Has just And when Cassandra needs another one, just grabs one and hands it over. Don't give me that look. You know I have to do this impulse. I'm not giving you a look. It feels like you are. Hmm. I am looking, but I am not giving a look. Still feels like you are. Maybe it's one of the other mouths giving you a look. Ashton will, while they're doing this, he'll let Tempest in and we'll go through the process of, uh, you know, chalk, knock, knock it on the door uh, and we'll swallow the other piece. You've consumed a lot okay. of chalk today. <laughs> yeah. That's why so on the one hand, though, that's probably good to prevent, like, acid reflux or whatever. It's like Tom's essentially. Yeah, he actually, he doesn't throw up much anymore. Um, <laughs> well, the BLT is to wash out the taste. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, throw it, he, like he's making a good BLT because yeah. I love Extra BLTs. Extra really, bacon. I, I'm very, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? I'm very hungry right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. That's a really weird security system you've got there, but I can't lie, it's effective. Yeah, it works. Uh, come on in. Uh, grab a spot if you uh, want any tea or anything, just let me know. That would be great. Um, be kind with the dog. And Oh, uh, you have a yeah. dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like dogs. Dogs are cool. Em actually walks up uh, around the corner Tempest and they have Slurpee in their arms like, yeah, her name is Slurpee. Oh, what the She's the fucking cutest fuck? thing in the world. Oh my gosh, look at her. And she extends some American bulldog and she's holding it. <laughs> okay, I'm... All right. American, wait, American bulldogs aren't that big, are they? Are they, they can, get, they oh, can right. get fairly big. They're, they can get up to like 100 something pounds. They can get very pounds. big. We've established Em is strong, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Em is very strong. Yeah, Tempest is as shocked as they always are, and they're like, oh my, oh, okay. She's very kind, don't worry. Oh, all right, that's not what I'm worried about. She's in very interesting. Mm-hmm. Can, can, can you pet her? Yes. Yeah, it's not like she's going to eat you. Wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've heard today. Tempest will try to pet Slurpee very hesitantly because what the fuck is this fucking thing? How does how does how does Slurpee feel? Is it a very fleshy feeling? Like it's like I would ask if you've ever pet a whale. I have. I don't think you have. Yes. 
<laughs> well then. Right, so it's like that, yeah. but minus the wet. I was saying that that was, that was how I was picturing the texture of... All right. yeah, I had like, a beluga in my time. A beluga, yeah. a beluga. How would you describe that feeling? God, it's been a while and mostly I pet his tongue, but... Are they very... like sharks and smooth? <laughs> yes, they're as smooth as a, they're as smooth as your average shark. They're yeah, they're very smooth and very taut. They aren't soft and a little bit rubbery. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Learning things every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it feels like to pet Slurpee. While you're petting the dog, I think M sets Slurpee down in front. I'm not even gonna ask what this thing is. And then M sees something out the window and kind of leans in and looks and then looks back to you, Tempest, and is like, uh, you weren't followed or anything, dude, were you? What? Who would follow me? Um, and then she points, is like, uh, them, maybe? Uh, and you look out the window and pulled up near the shack next to some of the other vehicles is a large white van with a bright green leaf logo on the side of it. Ah, shit! This thing keeps going off and I don't know why. Your pop filter? No, the fucking lightsaber that I use for mood lighting. (laughs) (laughs) See?